This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. The Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri Translated by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Canto eleven through Canto fifteen Inferno Canto eleven Upon the margin of a lofty bank, which great rocks broken in a circle made, we came upon a still more cruel throng. And there, by reason of the horrible excess of stench the deep abyss throws out, we drew ourselves aside behind the cover of a great tomb, whereupon I saw a writing, which said, Pope Anastasius, I hold, whom out of the right way Photinus drew. Slow it behoveth our descent to be, so that the sense be first a little used to the sad blast, and then we shall not heed it, the master thus. And unto him I said, Some compensation find, that the time pass not idly, and he, Thou seest, I think of that, my son, upon the inside of these rocks, began he then to say, are three small circles, from grade to grade, like those which thou art leaving. They are all full of spirits maledict, but that hereafter sight alone suffice thee, hear how and wherefore they are in constraint. Of every malice that wins hate in heaven, injury, is the end, and all such end either by force or fraud afflicteth others. But because fraud is man's peculiar vice, more it displeases God, and so stand lowest the fraudulent, and greater dole assails them. All the first circle of the violent is, but since force may be used against three persons, in three rounds tis divided and constructed. To God, to ourselves, and to our neighbor can we use force. I say, on them and on their things, as thou shalt hear with reason manifest. A death by violence, and painful wounds, are to our neighbor given, and in his substance ruin and arson and injurious levies. Whence homicides, and he who smites unjustly, marauders and freebooters, the first round tormenteth all in companies diverse. Man may lay violent hands upon himself and his own goods, and therefore in the second round must perforce without avail repent whoever of your world deprives himself, who games and dissipates his property, and weepeth there, where he should jocund be. Violence can be done the deity, in heart denying and blaspheming him, and by disdaining nature and her bounty. And for this reason doth the smallest round seal with its signet Sodom and Cahors, and who, disdaining God, speaks from the heart. Fraud, wherewithal is every conscience stung, 
A man may practice upon him who trusts, and him who doth no confidence in birth. This latter mode, it would appear, dissevers only the bond of love which nature makes. Wherefore, within the second circle, nestle hypocrisy, flattery, and who deals in magic, falsification, theft and simony, panders and beraters, and the like filth. By the other mode, forgotten is that love which nature makes, and what is after added, from which there is a special faith engendered, hence in the smallest circle, where the point is of the universe, upon which dice is seated, whoever betrays for ever is consumed. And I, my master, clear enough proceeds thy reasoning, and full well distinguishes this cavern, and the people who possess it. But tell me, those within the fat lagoon, whom the wind drives, and whom the rain doth beat, and who encounter with such bitter tongues, wherefore are they inside of the red city not punished, if God has given them in his wrath, and, if he has not, wherefore in such fashion? And unto me he said, Why wanders so thine intellect from that which it is wont? Or sooth thy mind, where is it elsewhere looking? Hast thou no recollection of those words with which thine ethics thoroughly discusses the dispositions three that heaven abides not, incontinence, and malice, and insane bestiality, and how incontinence less God offendeth, and less blame attracts? If thou regardest this conclusion well, and to thy mind recallest who they are that up outside are undergoing penance, clearly wilt thou perceive why from these felons they separated are, and why less wroth justice divine doth smite them with its hammer. O sun that healest all distempered vision, thou dost content me so, when thou resolvest that doubting pleases me no less than knowing. Once more a little backward turn thee, said I, there, where thou sayest that usury offends goodness divine, and disengage the knot. Philosophy, he said, to him who heeds it, noteth not only in one place alone, after which manner nature takes her course from intellect divine, and from its art, and if thy physics carefully thou notest, after not many pages shalt thou find that this your art as far as possible follows, as the disciple doth the master, so that your art is, as it were, God's grandchild. From these two, if thou bringest to thy mind Genesis at the beginning, it behooves mankind to gain their life and to advance. And since the usurer takes another way, nature herself, and in her follower, disdains he, for elsewhere he puts his hope. But follow now, as I would fain go on, for quivering are the fishes on the horizon, and the wane wholly over Carus lies, 
and far beyond there we descend the crag. Inferno, Canto Twelve. The place where to descend the bank we came was alpine, and from what was there, moreover, of such a kind that every eye would shun it, such as that ruin is which in the flank smote on this side of Trent the adage, either by earthquake or by failing stay, for from the mountain's top, from which it moved, unto the plain, the cliff is shattered so, some path twould give to him who was above. Even such was the descent of that ravine, and on the border of the broken chasm the infamy of Crete was stretched along, who was conceived in the fictitious cow, and when he us beheld he bit himself, even as one whom anger racks within. My sage towards him shouted, Peradventure thou think'st that here may be the Duke of Athens, who in the world above brought death to thee? Get thee gone, beast, for this one cometh not instructed by thy sister, but he comes in order to behold your punishments. As is that bull who breaks loose at the moment in which he has received the mortal blow, who cannot walk but staggers here and there, the Minotaur beheld I do the like. And he, the wary, cried, Run to the passage while he wroth, Tis well thou shouldst descend. Thus down we took our way o'er that discharge of stones, Which oftentimes did move themselves beneath my feet, From the unwanted burden. Thoughtful I went, and he said, Thou art thinking, perhaps, upon this ruin, which is guarded by that brute anger which just now I quenched. Now will I have thee know, the other time I here descended to the nether hell, this precipice had not yet fallen down. But truly, if I well discern, a little before his coming, who the mighty spoil bore off from Dees in the supernal circle, Upon all sides the deep and loathsome valley trembled so, that I thought the universe was thrilled with love, by which there are who think the world oft-times converted into chaos, and at that moment this primeval crag, both here and elsewhere, made such overthrow. But fix thine eyes below, for draweth near the river of blood, within which boiling is whoever by violence doth injure others. O oh, blind cupidity, O oh, wrath insane, that spurs us onward so in our short life, and in the eternal, then, so badly steeps us. I saw an ample moat, bent like a bow, as one which all the plain encompasses, conformable to what my guide had said. And between this and the embankment's foot, centaurs in file were running, armed with arrows, as in the world they used the chase to follow. Beholding us descend, each one stood still, and from the squadron three detached themselves, with bows and arrows in advance selected, 
and from afar one cried, Unto what torment come ye, who down the hillside are descending? Tell us from here, if not, I draw the bow. My master said, Our answer will we make to Chiron. Near you there? In evil hour, that will of thine was evermore so hasty. Then touched he me, and said, This one is Nessus, who perished for the lovely Dejanira, and for himself, himself did vengeance take. And in the midst, who at his breast is gazing, is the great Chiron, who brought up Achilles. That other Pholus is, who was so wrathful. Thousands and thousands go about the moat, shooting with shafts whatever soul emerges out of the blood, more than his crime allots. Near we approached unto those monsters' fleet. Churin an arrow took, and with the notch backward upon his jaws, he put his beard. After he had uncovered his great mouth, he said to his companions, Are you aware that he behind moveth whatever he touches? Thus are not wont to do the feet of dead men. And my good guide, who now was at his breast, where the two natures are together joined, replied, Indeed, he lives, and thus alone me it behooves to show him the dark valley. Necessity and not delight impels us. Some one withdrew from singing hallelujah, who unto me committed this new office. No thief is he, nor I, a thievish spirit. But by that virtue through which I am moving, my steps along this savage thoroughfare, give us some one of thine to be with us, and who may show us where to pass the ford, and who may carry this one on his back, for tis no spirit that can walk the air. Upon his right breast Chiron wheeled about, and said to Nessus, Turn, and do thou guide them, and warn aside if other band may meet you. We with our faithful escort onward moved, along the brink of the vermilion boiling, wherein the boiled were uttering loud laments. People I saw within up to the eyebrows, and the great centaur said, Tyrants are these, who dealt in bloodshed and in pillaging. Here they lament their pitiless mischiefs. Here is Alexander, and fierce Dionysus, who upon Sicily brought dolorous years. That forehead there, which has the hair so black, is Azalin, and the other who is blonde, Obiso is of Esti, who, in truth, up in the world was by his stepson slain. Then turned I to the poet, and he said, Now he be first to thee, and second I. A little farther on the centaur stopped above a folk, who, far down as the throat seemed from that boiling stream to issue forth, a shade he showed us on one side alone, saying, He cleft asunder in God's bosom, the heart that still upon the Thames is honoured. Then 
people saw I, who from out of the river lifted their heads, and, and also all the chest, and many among these I recognized. Thus evermore and more grew shallower that blood, so that the feet alone it covered, and there across the moat our passage was. Even as thou here upon this side beholdest the boiling stream, that I diminishes, the centaur said, I wish thee to believe that on this other side more and more declines its bed, until it reunites itself, where it behoveth tyranny to groan. Justice divine upon this side is goading that Attila, who was a scourge on earth, and Pyrrhus and Sextus, and for ever milks the tears, which with the boiling it unseals, in Rinier da Corneto and Rinier Pazzo, who made upon the highways so much war. Then back he turned, and passed again the ford. Inferno, Canto Thirteen. Not yet had Nessus reached the other side, when we had put ourselves within a wood, that was not marked by any path whatever. Not foliage green, but of a dusky color, not branches smooth, but gnarled and intertangled, not apple-trees were there, but thorns with poison. Such tangled thickets have not, nor so dense, those savage wild beasts that in hatred hold twixt Senina and Cornetto, the tilled places. There do the hideous harpies make their nests, who chase the Trojans from the Strophides, with sad announcement of impending doom. Broad wings have they, and necks and faces human, and feet with claws, and their great bellies fledged. They make laments upon the wondrous trees. And the good master? Ere thou enter farther, know that thou art within the second round, thus he began to say, and shalt be till thou comest out upon the horrible sand. Therefore look well around, and thou shalt see things that will credence give unto my speech. I heard on all sides lamentations uttered, and person none beheld I who might make them, whence, utterly bewildered, I stood still. I think he thought that I perhaps might think so many voices issued through those trunks from people who concealed themselves from us. Therefore the master said, If thou break off some little spray from any of those trees, the thoughts thou hast will wholly be made vain. Then stretched I forth my hand a little forward, and plucked a branchlet off from a great thorn, and the trunk cried, Why dost thou mangle me? After it had become embrowned with blood, it recommenced its cry, Why dost thou rend me? Hast thou no spirit of pity whatsoever? Men once we were, 
and now art changed to trees. Indeed, thy hand should be more pitiful, even if the souls of serpents we had been, as out of a green brand that is on fire at one of the ends, and from the other drips and hisses with the wind that is escaping, so from that splinter issued forth together both words and blood, whereat I let the tip fall, and stood like a man who is afraid. Had he been able sooner to believe, my sage made answer, O thou wounded soul, what only in my verses he has seen, not upon thee had he stretched forth his hand, whereas the thing incredible has caused me to put him to an act which grieveth me. But tell him who thou wast, so that by way of some amends thy fame he may refresh up in the world, to which he can return. And the trunk said, so thy sweet words allure me, I cannot silent be, And you be vexed not, That I a little to the discourse am tempted. I am the one who both keys had In keeping of Frederick's heart, And turned them to and fro, So softly in unlocking and in locking, That from his secrets most men I withheld, Fidelity I bore, the glorious office so great, I lost thereby my sleep and pulses. The courtesan who never from the dwelling of Caesar Turned aside her strumpet eyes, Death universal, and the vice of courts, Inflamed against me all the other minds, And they, inflamed, did so inflame Augustus, that my glad honours turn to dismal mournings. My spirit, in disdainful exultation, Thinking by dying to escape disdain, Made me unjust against myself the just. I, by the roots unwanted of this wood, Do swear to you that never broke I faith Unto my lord, who was so worthy of honour, and to the world, if one of you return, let him my memory comfort, which is lying still prostrate from the blow that envy dealt it. Waited a while, and then, Since he is silent, the poet said to me, Lose not the time, but speak and question him, if more may please thee. Whence I to him, do thou again inquire concerning what thou think'st will satisfy me, for I cannot, such pity is in my heart. Therefore he recommenced, So may the man do for thee freely what thy speech implores. Spirit incarnate, again be pleased, to tell us in what way the soul is bound within these knots, and tell us, if thou canst, if any from such members ever is freed. Then blew the trunk amain, and afterward the wind was into such a voice converted. With brevity shall be replied to you, 
when the exasperated soul abandons the body whence it rent itself away, Minos consigns it to the seventh abyss. It falls into the forest, and no part is chosen for it, but where fortune hurls it, there, like a grain of spelt, it germinates. It springs a sapling and a forest tree. The harpies, feeding then upon its leaves, do pain create, and for the pain an outlet. Like others for our spoils shall we return, but not that any one may them revest, for tis not just to have what one casts off. Here we shall drag them, and along the dismal forest our bodies shall suspended be, each to the thorn of his molested shade. We were attentive still unto the trunk, thinking that more it yet might wish to tell us, when by a tumult we were overtaken, in the same way as he is who perceives the boar and chase approaching to his stand, who hears the crashing of the beasts and branches, and, too, behold, upon our left-hand side, naked and scratched, fleeing so furiously, that, of the forest, every fan they broke. He who was in advance, Now, help! Death! Help! And the other one, who seemed to lag too much, was shouting, Lano, were not so alert those legs of thine at joustings of the topo. And then, perchance because his breath was failing, he grouped himself together with a bush. Behind them was the forest full of black she-mastiffs, ravenous and swift of foot as greyhounds, who are issuing from the chain. On him who had crouched down they set their teeth, and him they lacerated piece by piece, thereafter bore away those aching members. Thereat my escort took me by the hand and led me to the bush, that all in vain was weeping from its bloody lacerations. Oh, Jacopo, it said, a Saint Andrea, what helped it thee of me to make a screen? What blame have I in thy nefarious life? When near him had the master stayed his steps, he said, Who wast thou, that through wounds so many art blowing out with blood thy dolorous speech? And he to us, O oh, souls that hither come to look upon the shameful massacre that has so rent away from me my leaves, gather them up beneath the dismal bush. I of that city was which to the Baptist changed its first patron. Wherefore, he for this for ever with his art will make me sad. And were it not that on the pass of Arno some glimpses of him are remaining still, those citizens who afterwards rebuilt it upon the ashes left by Attila, in vain had caused their labor to be done. Of my own house I made myself 
a gibbet. Inferno, Canto fourteen. Because the charity of my native place constrained me, gathered I the scattered leaves, and gave them back to him, who now was hoarse. Then came we to the confine, where disparted the second round is from the third, and where a horrible form of justice is beheld. Clearly, to manifest these novel things, I say that we arrived upon a plain, which from its bed rejecteth every plant. The dolorous forest is a garland to it, all round about, as the sad moat to that. There close upon the edge we stayed our feet. The soil was of an arid and thick sand, not of another fashion, made than that which by the feet of Cato once was pressed. Vengeance of God! Oh, how much oughtest thou by each one to be dreaded, who doth read that which was manifest unto mine eyes! Of naked souls beheld I many herds, who all were weeping very miserably, and over them seemed set a law diverse. Supine upon the ground some folk were lying, and some were sitting all drawn up together, and others went about continually. Those who were going round were far the more, and those were less who lay down to their torment, but had their tongues more loosed to lamentation. O'er all the sand-waste, with a gradual fall, were raining down dilated flakes of fire, as of the snow on Alp, without a wind. As Alexander, in those torrid parts of India, beheld upon his host flames fall unbroken, till they reached the ground. Whence he provided, with his phalanxes, to trample down the soil, because the vapour better extinguished was while it was single. Thus was descending the eternal heat, whereby the sand was set on fire, like tender beneath the steel, for doubling of the dole. Without repose for ever was the dance of miserable hands, now there, now here, shaking away from off them the fresh gleeds. Master, began I, thou who overcomest all things except the demons dire, that issued against us at the entrance of the gate, who is that mighty one who seems to heed not the fire, and lieth lowering and disdainful, so that the rain seems not to ripen him? And he himself, who had become aware that I was questioning my guide about him, cried, Such as I was living am I dead. If Jove should weary out his smith, from whom he seized in anger the sharp thunderbolt, wherewith upon the last day I was smitten, and if he wearied out by turns the others in Mongibello at the swarthy forge, vociferating, Help, good Vulcan, help! Even as he did there at the fight of Flegra, 
and shot his bolts at me with all his might, he would not have thereby a joyous vengeance. Then did my leader speak with such great force that I had never heard him speak so loud. O oh, Capaneus, in that is not extinguished thine arrogance. Thou punished art the more. Not any torment, saving thine own rage, would be unto thy fury pain complete. Then he turned round to me with bitter lip, saying, One of the seven kings was he who Thebes besieged, and held, and seems to hold God in disdain, and little seems to prize him. But, as I said to him, his own despites are for his breast the fittest ornaments. Now follow me, and mind thou do not place as yet thy feet upon the burning sand, but always keep them close unto the wood. Speaking no word, we came to where there gushes forth from the wood a little rivulet, whose redness makes my hair still stand on end. As from the bullocame springs the brooklet, the sinful women later share among them, so downward through the sand it went its way. The bottom of it, and both sloping banks, were made of stone, and the margins at the side, whence I perceived that there the passage was. In all the rest which I have shown to thee, since we have entered in within the gate, whose threshold unto no one is denied, nothing has been discovered by thine eyes, so notable as is the present river, which all the little flames above it quenches. These words were of my leader, whence I prayed him that he would give me largesse of the food, for which he had given me largesse of desire. In the midst there sits a wasted land, said he thereafterward, whose name is Crete, under whose king the world of old was chased. There is a mountain there, that once was glad with waters and with leaves, which was called Ida. Now tis deserted, as a thing worn out. Rhea once chose it for the faithful cradle of her own son, and to conceal him better, whenever he cried, she there had clamours made. A grand old man stands in the mount erect, who holds his shoulders turned towards Damietta, and looks at Rome as if it were his mirror. His head is fashioned of refined gold, and of pure silver are the arms and breast. Then he is brass as far down as the fork. From that point downward all is chosen iron, save that the right foot is of kiln-baked clay, and more he stands on that than on the other. Each part, except the gold, is by a fissure, a sunder cleft, that dripping is with tears, which gathered together perforate that cavern. From rock to rock 
they fall into this valley. Acheron, Styx, and Phlegethon they form. Then, downward, go along this narrow sluice unto that point where is no more descending. They form Cocytus. What that pool may be thou shalt behold. So here it is not narrated. And I to him, If so the present runnel doth take its rise in this way from our world, why only on this verge appears it to us? And he to me, Thou knowest the place is round, and notwithstanding thou hast journeyed far. Still, to the left descending to the bottom, thou hast not yet through all the circle turned. Therefore, if something new appear to us, it should not bring amazement to thy face. And I again, Master, where shall be found Lethe and Phlegethon? For of one thou art silent, and sayest the other of this reign is made. In all questions truly thou dost please me, replied he, but the boiling of the red water might well solve one of them thou makest. Thou shalt see Lethe, but outside this moat, there where the souls repair to lave themselves, when sin, repented of, has been removed. Then said he, It is time now to abandon the wood. Take heed that thou come after me. Away the margins make that are not burning, and over them all vapours are extinguished. Inferno, Canto 15 Now bears us onward one of the hard margins, and so the brooklet's mists overshadows it. From fire it saves the water and the dikes. Even as the Flemings, twixt Cadzen and Bruges, fearing the flood that towards them hurls itself, their bulwarks build to put the sea to flight, and as the Paduans along the Brenta, to guard their villas and their villages, or ever Chiarentana feel the heat, in such similitude had those been made, albeit not so lofty, nor so thick. Whoever he might be, the master made them. Now were we from the forest so remote, I could not have discovered where it was, even if backward I had turned myself when we a company of souls encountered, who came beside the dike, and every one gazed at us, as at evening we are wont to eye each other under a new moon, and so towards us sharpened they their brows, as an old tailor at the needle's eye. Thus scrutinized by such a family, by some one I was recognized, who seized my garment's hem, and cried out, What a marvel! And I, when he stretched forth his arm to me, on his baked aspect fastened so mine eyes, that the scorched countenance prevented not his recognition by my intellect. And bowing down my face unto his own, I made reply, 
Are you here, Ser Brunetto? And he, May it not displease thee, O my son, In a brief space, With thee, Brunetto Latini, Backward return, And let the trail go on. I said to him, With all my power I ask it, And if you wish me to sit down with you, I will, if he please, for I go with him. Oh, son, he said, whoever of this herd a moment stops, lies then a hundred years, nor fans himself when smiteth him the fire. Therefore, go on, I at thy skirts will come, and afterward will I rejoin my band, which goes lamenting its eternal doom. I did not dare go down from the road level to walk with him, but my head bowed, I held as one who goeth reverently. And he began, What fortune, or what fate, before the last day, leadeth thee down here? And who is this that showeth thee the way? Up there, above us, in the life serene, I answered him, I lost me in a valley, or ever yet my age had been completed. But yestermorn I turned my back upon it. This one appeared to me, returning thither, and homeward leadeth me along this road. And he to me, If thou thy star do follow, thou canst not fail thee of a glorious port, if well I judged in the life beautiful. And if I had not died so prematurely, seeing heaven thus benignant unto thee, I would have given thee comfort in the work. But that ungrateful and malignant people, which of old time from Fasole descended, and smacks still of the mountain and the granite, will make itself for thy good deeds thy foe, and it is right, for among crabbed sorbs it ill befits the sweet fig to bear fruit. Old rumour in the world proclaims them blind, a people avaricious, envious, and proud. Take heed that of their customs thou do cleanse thee. Thy fortune so much honour doth reserve thee, one party and the other shall be hungry for thee, but far from goat shall be the grass. Their litter let the beasts of Fasoli make of themselves, nor let them touch the plant, if any still upon their dunghill rise, in which may yet revive the consecrated seed of those Romans, who remained there when the nest of such great malice it became. If my entreaty wholly were fulfilled, replied I to him, not yet would you be in banishment from human nature placed. For in my mind is fixed, and touches now my heart, the dear and good paternal image of you, when, in the world from hour to hour, you taught me how a man becomes eternal, and how much I am grateful, while I live, 
behooves that in my language be discerned. What you narrate of my career, I write, and keep it to be glossed with other text by a lady who can do it if I reach her. This much will I have manifest to you, provided that my conscience do not chide me, for whatsoever fortune I am ready. Such hand-sell is not new unto mine ears, therefore let fortune turn her wheel around, as it may please her, and the churl his mattock. My master thereupon, on his right cheek, did backward turn himself, and looked at me, then said, He listeneth well, who noteth it. Nor, speaking less on that account, I go with Ser Brunetto, and I ask who are his most known and most eminent companions, and he to me, To know of some is well, of others it were laudable to be silent, for short would be the time for so much speech. Know them in some, that all of them were clerks, and men of letters, great and of great fame, and the world tainted with the self-same sin. Priscian goes yonder with that wretched crowd, and Francis of Accorso, and thou hadst seen there, had thou hadst a hankering for such scurf, that one, who, by the servant of the servants, was transferred from Arno to Bacciglione, where he has left his sin-excited nerves. More would I say, but coming and discoursing can be no longer, for that I behold new smoke uprising yonder from the sand. A people comes with whom I may not be. Commended unto thee be my tesoro, in which I still live, and no more I ask. Then he turned round, and seemed to be like those who at Verona run for the green mantle across the plain, and seemed to be among them the one who wins, and not the one who loses. End of Canto 11 through Canto 15 of the Divine Comedy Read by Dennis Sayers in Modesto, California, for LibriVox. Fall, 2006